In the midst of the conflict in Ukraine, Western officials and the media are forced to address perhaps one of the United States' worst-kept secrets. The existence of Pentagon-funded biolaboratories in Ukraine. Leaked documents and years of research show the United States funded several biolaboratories around the world, located near U.S. rivals, including China, Russia, and Iran. Among some of the activities taking place as part of these programs include the transportation of human blood and pathogens as diplomatic cargo, and military documents show the United States has an interest in biological research related to Russia and a particular interest in collecting Russian synovial tissue. Such activities raise questions to the overall goals of such programs and the history of secrecy and denial from the U.S. government may indicate something more sinister is unfolding. I'm independent journalist Taylor Hudak, and as tensions between the West and Russia continue to escalate, one aspect to this entire crisis that has received quite a bit of media attention are the Pentagon-funded biolaboratories in Ukraine, and the evidence is overwhelming. In fact, under U.S. Secretary of State for Political Affairs Victoria Newland reveals the existence of such laboratories during a Senate hearing, and the clip went viral. Ukraine has uh, biological research facilities which, in fact, we are now quite concerned Russian troops, Russian forces may be seeking to uh, gain control of. But just how involved is the United States in funding and advancing this type of research overseas? And historically, what type of research is actually happening at these facilities? Today's guest is Bulgarian independent investigative journalist Diliana Gaitanjeva. Diliana has been investigating Pentagon-funded biolaboratories in more than 25 countries around the world. She is also a Middle East correspondent and founder of ArmsWatch. And over the years, she has published a series of revealing reports exposing weapons supplies to terrorists in Syria, Yemen, and Iraq. Her current work is focused on documenting war crimes and illicit arms exports to war zones around the world. Diliana Gaitanjeva, it's great to have you with us and thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So first of all, why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself and your independent investigative journalism? I'm Bulgarian. Uh, I've been uh, basically a war correspondent and Middle East correspondent uh, focused on primarily on uh, war zones and uh, conflicts uh, in the Middle East. In the last uh, few years, I've been uh, 
investigating the Pentagon biolaboratories in uh, our region, including in Bulgaria, and uh, I'm focused on um, military topics, uh, including bioweapons. Yes, I'm uh, fully independent. I don't work for governments or corporations. I, I really work for other people, and this is not a cliche. I, uh, I have set up an independent investigative uh, journalism platform, Armswatch, and I am also publishing my work recently on my personal website, dilana.bg. All right, well, let's get started with one of your more recent articles titled Pentagon Contractors Worked in Ukrainian Biolabs Under $80 Million Program. Now, this report, Diliana, is quite the bombshell, and you obtained leaked documents that demonstrate the Pentagon's involvement with biological research in Ukraine. So please tell us just how involved the U.S. is with this research. Um, the this leaked documents uh, challenge the U.S. government official narrative that they just funded biolaboratories in Ukraine but had nothing to do with them. These documents uh, prove that uh, the Ukrainian Ministry of Health provided full access to Pentagon contractors from one uh, American company, Black & Veatch uh, Special Projects uh, Corporation to operate freely inside these biolaboratories, while at the same time independent uh, experts were denied even a visit. Independent experts uh, made a proposal to the Ukrainian uh, government to monitor the activities of these biolaboratories because uh, people in, in Ukraine were very worried and no matter that mainstream media is denying all this information as propaganda or false uh, information, it is not, uh, this is not the case. I do have to ask you, did Ukraine ever have an opportunity to place these biolabs under public control? In Ukraine, the topic uh, about these biolaboratories uh, was ma raised many times by uh, politicians, public figures. Uh, it was even raised in uh, the Ukrainian parliament. And uh, that is why independent experts made a proposal to set up an independent public control group to oversee the activities of these biolaboratories. The Ukrainian Ministry of Health rejected their proposal under the pretext that uh, very dangerous pathogens were being uh, researched in these facilities and that is why um, such an access uh, can could not be given to anybody outside of these biolaboratories. However, these documents prove that Ukraine provided full access to Pentagon contractors while rejected such access to independent uh, researchers and experts, which prove that uh, the activities of the Pentagon inside these biolaboratories in Ukraine, it was not uh, they were not transparent, they were under no control, and uh, uh, the Pentagon uh, not only funded these biolaboratories, but also uh, performed uh, biological research. And uh, the sum that was allocated for this biological research was um, $8 million uh, as of uh, 2020. 
So what kind of research was being done at these biolabs? I mean, we're talking about potentially lethal and very dangerous pathogens that were being uh, looked into and researched at these centers, correct? Yes. According to documents originating from this program, uh, the United States uh, performed biological experiments on uh, allied soldiers in Ukraine and also in Georgia. And according to these documents, and it is uh, literally written, and I'm uh, quoting now the exact quotation, all volunteer deaths will be promptly reported. According to the project description, blood uh, draws were taken uh, from healthy volunteers, soldiers, and this blood was tested for the presence of antibodies against bioagents. Bioagents are very deadly bacteria, viruses, and toxins, but it is not indicated what uh, medical procedures were performed uh, on these soldier, soldiers that could uh, lead to such lethal outcome. This is very worrying because um, uh, the documents uh, states all volunteer deaths will be promptly reported, so we can only guess uh, what these so dangerous procedures or viruses, bacteria, and toxins could uh, have been the primary objective uh, for this research. German and Ukrainian scientists, according to your report, were working on a project studying dangerous pathogens in birds. And this was from 2019 to 2020. Can you tell us what could be the possible goal of a project like this? Under this project, uh, scientists uh, in Ukraine, uh, along with their colleagues in Germany, uh, assess the potential of birds that uh, migrate to uh, spread uh, pathogens and to infect uh, humans. Such a project was uh, implemented by the U.S. Defense Department uh, in the past when the U.S. Uh, bioweapons program was still active. Uh, I'm talking about uh, many decades ago when the same project uh, was implemented and uh, its objective was to study the potential of birds that migrate to deliver pathogens in certain area. Uh, in some of the documents, it is uh, indicated that um, such uh, research was performed on uh, birds that were uh, captured in Russia. So Russian birds were of interest to the scientists working under this program. I'm talking about the last project that took place in 2019. Was there a similar project that also took place in Ukraine in 2020? Yes, this is another project that was funded by the Defense Threat Reduction Agency. So we are talking about two projects. The first one was the joint uh, Ukrainian-German project. The second was the project funded by the Defense Threat Reduction Agency. So birds uh, were also of interest to the Pentagon as a possible um, uh, vector for uh, deadly diseases. Definitely this was of interest. Also bats and insects. 
And the United States has also a particular interest in biological research related to Russia. Documents show that the United States Air Force, in fact, collected Russian synovial tissue. Could this indicate that there is sophisticated ethnic biological research taking place? Uh, the Pentagon uh, published uh, a solicitation on its website uh, searching for prospective contractors that could uh, collect and provide and supply Russian synovial tissue or Russian uh, uh, biological material. One of the contractors, prospective contractors, asked the question, could we provide uh, Ukrainian uh, synovial tissue? The answer of the Pentagon was no, we want only Russian Caucasian synovial tissue, which raises question as to why only Russian Caucasians were of interest to the Pentagon or for their research, given the fact that Ukrainians and Russians, they are all Slavic people. But the Pentagon wanted only Russian Caucasians or their biological material. This is uh, very concerning, very worrying, uh, could probably suggest uh, a very advanced uh, research on uh, biological... It is probably a project linked to different uh, ethnic groups that could be targeted uh, by uh, bioweapons or other um, means of uh, interference in their uh, genome. There is no information by the Pentagon why they did that research and why they needed Russian Caucasian biological material. And what do you make of this then in the context of the current conflict in Ukraine and the anti-Russian sentiment that we are seeing in the West? It is uh, worrying to have uh, the military of uh, one of the greatest powers in the world studying the biological material of uh, uh, the citizens of the other uh, great power in the world. This is exactly how it is. This is uh, like a warfare, but in the field of biological research. I think one thing that's important to touch on here is also the location of these biolaboratories. So you have done research on this for several years now, and you found that these laboratories that the Pentagon is funding are strategically located in various parts of the world. Can you explain the significance here? Most of the biolaboratories that the Pentagon funded uh, are located, uh, were located uh, in countries bordering on the, the, the U.S. main rivals, Russia, China, and Iran. And this cannot be just a coincidence because um, if we look at the map, we see a clear pattern. Uh, for instance, Russia is literally surrounded by such biolaboratories. Uh, the Pentagon uh, has funded biolaboratories in Ukraine, uh, Georgia, Uzbekistan, Armenia, Azerbaijan, uh, Kazakhstan, uh, and this is around uh, Russia. There are uh, countries with biolaboratories which the Pentagon funded uh, also around China and uh, around uh, Iran. Also, there are 
many biolaboratories that the Pentagon has funded in Africa. These are very poor countries. In the majority of cases, we're talking about poor countries with very corrupt governments. And now the Pentagon has, is uh, launching such a program in my country, Bulgaria, uh, again on soldiers, like the program in Ukraine and, and in Georgia. And when I asked uh, the Bulgarian authorities about this project, they confirmed that they were um, about to start such a project, but they denied uh, any further information. Members of the Bulgarian parliament um, also officially requested the agreement that the Pentagon has signed with Bulgaria, but uh, it wasn't uh, made public and uh, the authorities uh, refused to um, publicize this information, this agreement, which is uh, also which also raises question if all of this is for our benefit or for the health of our soldiers, then why can't we see this agreement that was signed so that we know what exactly this project will um, involve and what potential risks uh, could this, these medical uh, procedures uh, hold. And uh, the same is in Georgia, the same is in Ukraine, in Africa, in Asia, in poor countries with very corrupt governments that defends, uh, defend the interest of foreign nation or foreign government, not their own national interests. And based on your research and your investigative reporting, it is clear to you, I assume, that the activities taking place at these biolabs are not for benevolent purposes, but this is intended to cause harm on a mass level. Is that correct? Officially, the Pentagon claims that all of this is for um, the safety of the host uh, country. But under the Convention on the Prohibition of Biological Weapons, every member state is allowed to perform research on bioagents only for defensive purposes. However, the United States and the Pentagon in particular is performing this research not inside the United States, but in foreign or uh, laboratories overseas and uh, in countries located uh, primarily around Russia, China and Iran. So what is uh, supposed to be for defense could easily turn to something offensive or for offensive uh, activities or for dual use uh, uh, research. That is why uh, we actually don't know how dangerous these programs are because there is no transparency, there is no public control and all information that we have comes from insiders or from leaked documents. And these documents, for instance, I can give an example. Uh, in Georgia, the Pentagon and its contractors collected 20,000 chicks, not only chicks, all type or, or all uh, species uh, possible that of insects that could uh, spread diseases. 20,000 uh, chicks, 500 bats. Why is all this about? The same, uh, I guess, was in Ukraine or in other countries. Why do they need uh, so many insects or bats? And officially they say we are doing this 
to assess the potential of these insects or bats to spread diseases. But what is, uh, what is presented as a research for a defense could be uh, easily turned to something with possible dual use or for offensive uh, uh, activities. We don't know. We don't have this information. Also, also, it is very worth, it is worth mentioning. The United States have abstracted the implementation of the verification mechanism under the Convention on the Prohibition of Biological Weapons for 20 years, because the United States is preventing this mechanism from uh, being uh, uh, implemented. There is no international. Uh, inspection taking place. So no one controls or inspects what the United States is doing in the United States or abroad. There isn't such a body or institution of independent experts. So the only information that we have comes from internal documents and uh, insiders. And I'm very thankful to the, these people. So there's no oversight and there's no accountability to what happens with these programs? Yes, absolutely no, no accountability. In Ukraine, uh, the Pentagon spent $80 million on biological research. But when you uh, look at the documents, you see that uh, the local scientists were paid uh, very little sum. Uh, the money that they received was... Uh, so in uh, so little comparing to the millions of dollars that the pentagon spent on uh, this biological research officially the pentagon says we just uh, fund local scientists but these local scientists they take a uh, few hundred dollars no more uh, where did the pentagon spend uh, the rest of these millions of dollars this is uh, the question this proves that they are lying, that they don't just find uh, fund local scientists because the local scientists receive uh, hundreds of dollars, no more. And the millions of dollars, they, we don't know on what they spend them. Is there any indication of where this money is going? This is the question. And I'm shocked that uh, the American journalists, mainstream media, they are not interested uh, in how the Pentagon spent $2.1 billion uh, on biolaboratories overseas uh, instead of spending this U.S. taxpayers' money on uh, the health of its own citizens. This is not of interest to the mainstream media. Yeah, let's talk about the mainstream media. I mean, how have they covered this entire conflict and crisis in Ukraine through your perspective? And how have you been treated by the mainstream media? Um, mainstream media, it, uh, they provide uh, only the official U.S. government uh, um, position and statements. Uh, they just copy and paste the uh, their statements and uh, without even uh, checking, verifying this information, basically uh, spreading uh, the official 
US government propaganda. This is not journalism because they need to verify this information and they don't uh, rely on uh, just one, so uh, they don't have to rely only on just one source, they need to verify this information using different sources. I uh, had such an experience, I was approached uh, by one journalist from uh, US media and he asked me to comment uh, on my articles and um, I sent him a lot of information, uh, documents that I've published, uh, I asked him if possible to address my question questions to the American authorities and to try to get answers. He didn't publish even a word uh, from my comment. Instead, he wrote that I'm a Russian uh, uh, propagandist, uh, conspiracy theorist, uh, whatever you can imagine. I, uh, I was shocked. This is uh, not only unethical, but it is against uh, the main journalistic principles. The whole article was a um, smear campaign against me. And in the end, he didn't give me the right to defend myself or I, I don't actually, I don't want to defend myself because uh, people need to defend themselves if they have done something wrong. I have done what every journalist or at least what I think every journalist must do to inform um, the people when we have uh, information that is of high interest or that uh, exposes corruption, public threats or um, crimes, we inform the public. This is what I did and in the end I had to um, defend myself for doing so, for being a journalist. This is what every journalist uh, need, needs to do. And your recent reporting is also part of a broader investigation which began around 2018, so well before this current conflict in Ukraine broke out. So please take us back to the beginning of your research into Pentagon-funded biolaboratories. Mm, as I mentioned, I was a war correspondent and I was focused on uh, mainly military topics. So when I learned about the Pentagon uh, funding such biological research, uh, especially in this region, because I'm Bulgarian and Bulgaria borders on the Black Sea, which borders on Georgia, Ukraine, Russia, I immediately started uh, my research and uh, um, I went myself twice uh, in Georgia. I collected a lot of information and uh, I filmed the documentary and over these four years I published a lot of uh, follow-up stories uh, uh, with more and more information because over these few years I, I was contacted a few times by people involved in uh, in the, in not, I don't want to disclose uh, my sources, but people who are very well aware of what was going on. And um, all documents that I have published, uh, they uh, originate from the US government database or from insiders. These are not uh, uh, Russian sources and this is not Russian propaganda because you can call something Russian propaganda 
or conspiracy theory or fake news if it is not uh, based on documents and if it is based only on uh, propaganda sources. Here we are talking about information that originates from the US government. Where is uh, the propaganda and uh, where is the conspiracy theory and all of, uh, all of this? If, for instance, Russia funded such biolaboratory or biolaboratories, because we are talking about 13 biolaboratories in Ukraine. So if the Russia, uh, Russian uh, Ministry of Defense funded such biolaboratories in Mexico, for instance, would it be a conspiracy theory? Would it be fake, fake news? I don't think so. And has there been any outbreaks of viruses as a result of the activity taking place at these biolabs? Uh, yes, uh, there was an outbreak of Crimean Congo hemorrhagic fever virus in Georgia, inexplicable outbreak. At the same time, the Defense Threat Reduction Agency funded at that point uh, such a project on uh, Crimean Congo hemorrhagic fever virus. Uh, this virus is uh, very lethal and uh, uh, there isn't uh, or there wasn't a vaccine against uh, at that point against uh, this virus. Also in Ukraine uh, I published statistics about different outbreaks that coincided with uh, the Defense Threat Reduction uh, Agency projects in Ukraine and there were registered a lot of more than 200 death cases of uh, flu-like uh, disease. Also the police in uh, Ukraine launched an investigation into an outbreak of unknown uh, virus. This was uh, again uh, four uh, five years ago, uh, but the fact that the police launched this investigation means that they had suspicion that it could be unintentional or could involve in intentional activities. Many death cases were reported in Ukraine uh, of uh, people uh, dying from uh, flu-like disease. You did create a documentary back in 2018 called Diplomatic Viruses. It's an excellent documentary, very informative, and you focus in particular on the Lugar Center in Tbilisi, Georgia. So tell us, what is the Lugar Center? What experiments and research is taking place there, and who is funding all of this? Uh, the whole biolaboratory uh, was uh, built uh, uh, by the Pentagon. The Pentagon spent $171 million on uh, the construction and equipment of this biolaboratory. Uh, and uh, it has been operated by a special Pentagon unit uh, called the U.S. Army Medical Research Unit uh, Georgia. This unit, its scientists have been accorded diplomatic immunity without being diplomats. I asked uh, the former director of the Luga Center about the diplomatic status that Georgia has given to these uh, military scientists and she told me that uh, yes, they have diplomatic status, but it was um, uh, done only and simply for their uh, personal comfort. Well, what does that really mean? Tell us about the significance of this diplomatic status, because this is key here, because a lot of criminal activity can take place under diplomatic immunity, right? 
This means that uh, if they commit a crime, whatever a crime, but basically a crime that is related to their duties while uh, deployed to Georgia, they cannot be held to account. This also means that they cannot be subjected to checks, inspections, anything. They can move freely, transport whatever they want. Even the uh, biological research material under the program, they have been uh, shipped as diplomatic cargo according to uh, internal documents. Even the frozen human blood was uh, shipped as diplomatic cargo. Nobody knows what exactly biological material was shipped. And, uh, I'm talking about one particular document in which it is clearly stated that the Defense Threat Reduction Agency or uh, Centers for, the, for Disease Control, they have been uh, transporting biological materials from Georgia and to Georgia as diplomatic uh, cargo. Also, um, you rightly uh, stressed that a lot of crimes could be uh, covered by this diplomatic uh, status or under diplomatic cover. When I investigated uh, the weapons supplies from Europe to Syria, when I was a war correspondent covering the war in Syria, I documented 350 diplomatic flights with weapons from Eastern Europe that transported weapons uh, to terrorists in Syria. These 350 diplomatic flights carried out by uh, the Azeri state-run company Silkway Airlines. They were chartered by the Pentagon and by the governments of Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates. Everything was under diplomatic cover. These flights were diplomatic, and uh, which means that no inspections, checks, nothing was um, uh, performed in all the countries involved in this international weapons shipment network. Uh, I'm talking about uh, all countries in the Balkans, uh, in Eastern Europe, uh, and Turkey. So all flights were diplomatic. No inspections, checks, bills, nothing. So you are seeing a trend here where diplomatic status is given to cover up criminal and illegal activity and just to be clear, just to emphasize this point, pathogens were being transported as diplomatic cargo. Exactly, yes. This is what the, the, the documents uh, show. Diplomatic cargo uh, transporting viruses and frozen human blood. Now, in addition to all of this, the Defense Threat Reduction Agency, or DTRA, often contracts private companies to carry out some of this work. So what would be the relationship, for example, between the DTRA and Booz Allen Hamilton? This is also um, of interest because exactly what could this company uh, have to do with this biological engagement program? It makes no sense. What could they... Uh, perform for the Pentagon under this uh, purely scientific program? This is uh, a very good question. Unfortunately, 
nobody is asking this question, but all are just ignoring this information as conspiracy theory and fake news. This information comes from the US Federal Contracts Registry. A lot of private companies were contracted by the Pentagon over the last years to perform activities under this program. And officially the Pentagon says these are purely scientific uh, activities that have nothing to do with um, bioweapons, but at the same time we see companies that basically they are not uh, scientific uh, companies, or at least we don't know to be such companies, but they are directly involved in such projects. Now why would the DTRA be interested in contracting private companies? The thing is that um, in not only in this biological engagement program, also uh, what I mentioned about the transportation of uh, Eastern European weapons to Syria. Uh, by contracting uh, private companies, uh, the Pentagon or the US government and the other agencies that are involved in such activities uh, could go around the rule of law and they don't fall under such direct control by the Congress. Such activities that are not legal, um, they cannot be supervised directly by uh, the Congress or the public. And that is why uh, they uh, choose uh, private contractors to perform activities that are not approved directly or will not be accepted by the public. I am familiar with the law in Europe and here it, it is not possible to happen in that way. This is something that is typical of America to contract private companies. You're exactly right. That's why I wanted to raise that point. You are exactly right. It is often the case that these agencies will hire these private companies to carry out this illegal activity because these private companies just do not have the same level of oversight that these agencies have or should have, rather. I want to continue this conversation about the Lugar Center in particular and your documentary, Diplomatic Viruses. Now, how do the people in this area who live in the residential area where the Lugar Center is uh, located, how, does, how is their life impacted? Their life was uh, badly impacted. Uh, they started experiencing uh, symptoms of, uh, they put it poisoning because, uh, for instance, at night uh, they would notice uh, smoke, different color smoke coming out of the chimneys of the laboratories, red, uh, yellow, green, violet, only at night. They say that the laboratory was operating at night and uh, only at night uh, they would see such different color smoke coming out of the laboratory. Also, uh, they told me that uh, when they asked the local authorities to intervene and to, to establish uh, some kind of uh, control or to assess the possible pollution in the area, they were told that all was fine and there wasn't any pollution, uh, which is of concern because these people have no one to defend their interests on, on the opposite.
I mean, you have dead cases of Pentagon contractors and nobody explained to the local people what happened. All was covered up. They were badly uh, affected. And when I asked them, why don't you protest or why don't you address this issue to your government? And they said, literally, I'm quoting, we are a, a small nation. We are uh, small uh, people. Nobody listened to us. And that is exactly why the Pentagon chooses such uh, nations, such countries, very small countries, and nobody asks them. They just built the, this laboratory inside the neighborhood, and people didn't have what, what to do. The location is very strategic, and from what I understand, portions of the Lugar Center could only be accessed by U.S. citizens with a certain security clearance. People who were Georgian were unable to even gain access to parts of this Lugar Center. Yes, this is according to uh, documents originating from the program. Certain areas uh, were classified zones and were accessible only to American citizens with security clearance. No matter that officially they say that this biolaboratory is under the control of the Georgian government, this is not the case because their internal documents uh, show otherwise. Uh, this um, Pentagon unit, uh, USR Medical Research Unit Georgia, they, they have their own biolaboratory in, inside the, the Luger Center. And it is only their laboratory. Nobody knows what uh, research or studies these scientists uh, have performed. I. Uh, try to ask the deputy director of this unit, uh, who, by the way, was entomologist. This is a scientist who studies insects. And he was driving a diplomatic car. I approached him and I asked him for a comment. ran away in his diplomatic car and he refused to talk to me. I uh, officially uh, asked uh, the Defense Threat Reduction Agency for a comment. They said that they were not uh, able to answer my questions. Let's talk about entomological warfare, which is the use of insects to spread diseases. In your research, you discovered that there is a 2014 U.S. patent on a toxic mosquito aerial release program. Can you tell us about this program and why the U.S. would be interested in conducting this type of research? Uh, this is a patent uh, that I found in the U.S. Patent uh, Registry. And this is a patent of a drone that is able to disperse toxic mosquitoes. Interestingly, the inventor of this drone actually doesn't exist. I had a confirmation that such a person uh, did not exist, and uh, this is a pseudonym, uh, by local 
Americans who lived in the area that is indicated as uh, the place of uh, or the address of this uh, scientist or inventor, there isn't such a person. Uh, the address is mistaken. Obviously, this is uh, intentionally done because how can you mistake an address in official uh, government or patent uh, uh, in official documents? This is not possible. Uh, I contacted the lawyer of this inventor and asked him if this was a pseudonym and if his client uh, would uh, answer my questions. He said no. And um, this drone is capable of uh, dispersing uh, toxic mosquitoes that could uh, spread uh, deadly diseases. The same inventor who actually doesn't exist, there isn't such a name in the US names registry. He patented uh, more than 20 similar inventions in the span of just two years, including stroke inducing bullets. Basically, we are talking about a patent of biological and chemical weapons. This is a real patent. Uh, uh, not uh, from the times when the biological or chemical weapons were not banned. We are talking about an invention of biological and chemical weapons that was uh, patented in 2014. You confronted U.S. Assistant Secretary of Health about this research being funded by the United States. And this video clip just recently went viral on social media, and I'll play that for the viewers right now. What is the need of military biolaboratories of the United States in 25 countries across the world? That's another question. That's not his capacity. This is public area. I can, uh, sorry, I can use the elevator. I can use the elevator. Sorry, not this one. This one's full. No, it is not full. Please, I can use the elevator. I can use the elevator. No more questions, though. Why not? Okay, we're either going down. Why is the Pentagon investing $65 million dollars in gene editing? The gene editing is part of these programs. Can you answer why? So, Diliana, can you tell us what was his reaction and what happened after you asked this question and had this confrontation? I went to Brussels uh, because uh, there was a conference on biological weapons and uh, I was preparing my doc uh, documentary on uh, the Lugas Center and these biolaboratories uh, funded by the Pentagon. So I went to Brussels uh, in the European Parliament where this uh, conference was taking place and I uh, asked my questions to the U.S. Uh, Assistant Secretary of Health, Robert Kadlik, he got very angry. Why has the Pentagon been operating military biolaboratories in 25 countries, bordering on the U.S. Uh, main rivals, Russia, China, and Iran? And why has the number of deadly outbreaks in all those countries increased dramatically since the start of the military program of the United States in these countries? I will just say unequivocally and undeniably, the U.S. does not have a military biological weapons program. Period. End of statement. Uh, Number two, we have been working, and I do know for the Department of Defense, they've been working with partners in parts of the world to ensure that those laboratories, and we train them on how to do diagnostic tests on these diseases, 
to ensure that they can manage them and also safely secure those pathogens so they're not accessible by terrorists or by criminals who would do ill with them. While all these projects classified information, all these laboratories uh, of the Pentagon in 25 countries across the world, why are they classified information? They're, they're not classified. They're openly uh, available to anyone who wants to look at them. No, I tried. Uh, okay, okay, okay. No, this is not true. They're classified information. The, the organizer of this conference, um, she didn't uh, uh, let me continue my Questions? No, 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 you had Why? your chance. It's not an investigation here, I'm very what sorry. What are you talking about? Uh, but of about course, but I will not let you... Why can't I will not give you the word real, like this. We, we try to answer your questions, but that's not the place. Case closed. Thank you very much. And uh, later we were uh, expelled by the organizers of this conference, not only from the conference, but from the European Parliament. And me and the cameraman was very humiliating because this was the exact place where I was supposed to ask my questions. This was a conference on biological weapons. At the same time, she said that this wasn't the place to ask my question. And where, where is the place to uh, ask my question? questions. If I can't do it in the European Parliament in Brussels during a conference on biological weapons, where am I supposed to ask my questions? So he refused to answer my questions. Uh, he provided a general explanation or statement again related to the need of the Pentagon to protect its soldiers uh, around the world. But here comes the question, if this is exactly for protection of the American soldiers abroad, then why are all these projects uh, being performed on local soldiers, not American soldiers, but local so soldiers, Ukrainian, Bulgarian or Georg Georgian soldiers? These are not projects on American soldiers. So his explanation didn't make any sense. He also said that they, uh, these laboratories, they are openly available to anybody who wants to visit them. This is not true. I tried, I uh, asked for access. I even applied, I sent an application, my passports, everything needed to uh, the Luga Center. They rejected my application and they didn't allow me in this laboratory. At uh, the same time in Ukraine, as we talked earlier in our uh, conversation. The Ukrainian Ministry of Health rejected uh, the uh, proposal of independent experts to even visit this, uh, these laboratories. So he lied that they are openly available to anybody who wishes to visit them. This is not the case. These laboratories, they are like um, uh, prisons, literally. Nobody can approach them. While I was filming in the area and talking to local people, the security guards uh, safeguarding the laboratory, they uh, were filming me all the time. And they told me that if I don't provide my passport, they will call the police to arrest me. I'm behind the fence and I want to know why are you filming us? We were over there on the street 
talking to the local people and you started filming us. You know, you know what happened. You're violating our rights. Okay, please one minute. If you know, show us your documents, uh, we can call the police. Please show your passports, okay? I was on the street simply doing my job and talking to local people and they warned me that I need to provide my passport so that they uh, take a photo of my passport and uh, uh, if I didn't comply I would uh, go to, to a detention center. And I believe in the documentary, it states that you were brave enough to turn right back around and you visited this center once again that evening. Is that correct? And tell me what you found. Yes, because local people told me that they uh, see or they uh, noticed uh, that the laboratory was operational at night. So I returned to see if this was true. And definitely in the air, uh, I could smell a uh, very typical smell of chemicals, like rotten eggs, very unpleasant smell in, uh, in the air near the laboratory. And uh, the laboratory was working at night. And generally speaking, what is the motive and the interest in biological research? Biological weapons, unlike conventional weapons, are, are very hard to track. You can't uh, just uh, uh, see the serial number of uh, the projectile of uh, conventional weapon and track to the manufacturer, exporter, and to uh, have the clear picture of who the perpetrator was. Talking about biological weapons, you you cannot uh, uh, find who the perpetrator is. Secondly, biological weapons, they have a greater impact because depending on the type of bioweapon, you can target uh, the soldiers of your enemy. You can target uh, the economy. You can uh, target uh, only specific areas that you want to target. Bioweapons are cheaper than, definitely cheaper than conventional weapons. As I mentioned, the Pentagon even researched in the past how to use bioweapons to uh, kill more people for less money. So biological weapons, they are cheaper than conventional weapons. They can target uh, specific groups, uh, soldiers, uh, or e the economy of their uh, enemy. And Diliana, when you take a step back and you look at all of your research and at your investigations, what is the one piece of information or one of the discoveries that you consider to be perhaps the most shocking or most significant? Well, uh, investigating the Pentagon funded by laboratories, I uh, had to read all declassified uh, documents originating from the U.S. bioweapons program so that to have the knowledge and expertise to assess to what extent the current uh, Pentagon program uh, could be an uh, extension of uh, bioweapons program. So I familiarized myself with the U.S. bioweapons program in the past. I read a lot of declassified documents and 
in one of the projects, the Pentagon studied and calculated what is the cost to kill one person if uh, the Pentagon um, uh, spreads uh, to Aremia, this is very deadly violation, over a city. And it turned out that it will cost only a few cents for the Pentagon to kill one person. I was shocked to realize how cheap it is to use bioweapons to kill more people for less money. Can you imagine that this was uh, uh, a subject of research? How much money the Pentagon would spend to kill more people for less money? This was a whole research that was uh, undertaken many years ago, but uh, it was of interest to the Pentagon to know how to kill more people for less money. This was very shocking for me. This has been an excellent and very informative discussion. I really value your work, Diliana. So once again, thank you for joining me today and uh, we'll look forward to having you back. Thank you for having me. I thank, thank you to your viewers for uh, the interest uh, that you are all taking into this story. It is of uh, interest uh, to all of us. We all need to um, investigate and to uh, press our governments for public control over the activities of these biolaboratories because it could affect all of us. Not only, it, this is not only about uh, uh, Russia now in Ukraine. It is about all of us, not only about one country, but about the whole world. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. And I want to thank you all for watching this video. Please be sure to help combat the censorship by sharing this video and this link with your friends and your family and all over your social media. Please also be sure to support today's guest, Diliana Gaitanjeva, by visiting her websites, armswatch.com and diliana.bg. And of course, please support The Last American Vagabond. Be sure to subscribe to all of our channels on Odyssey, BitChute, and SuperU. You can also follow me on social media at underscore Taylor Hudak and on Telegram at Taylor Hudak News. Once again, thank you all for watching this video. I hope you enjoyed it, found it informative, and always remember to question more. I'm independent journalist Taylor Hudak, and I'll see you guys next time.